I have a lot of moving parts this morning, so so while the kids are going to Sunday school, I need, need being the operative term, I think four volunteers to do something for me. So so can I just get four volunteers? It won't be too terrible. Okay, Lloyd, that's one. I need Lloyd, I need you to wad this up and hand it back to me when it's time. Okay? See, you see how hard that is? Come on. Okay. Can you, do you know how to run one of these? I need six minutes on that. Yeah. Okay. Did I see a hand here? Did you hold up a hand? Can you, can you wad one of those up? Now I got two, I got three people over here. Come on. Okay. (laughs) This side of the room, everything's lopsided over here. (laughs) Four, that was four. So here's five. Perfect. I have another volunteer. Okay, so lots of moving parts. So, so, there's my so word again. Do you see? I managed to not start it, and then it came back out. I have to work on that comfort thing. This, this sermon is called the Spotlight Ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you've heard me talk about the Spotlight Ministry of the Holy Spirit as what it shows and what it does So if you go to the Washington Monument and you pay attention to the spotlight and not what it's shining on, you've paid attention to the wrong thing. Haven't you? You say, man, that was a really nice spotlight. I just love the arc lamp that was going on there. And you missed the whole Lincoln Memorial or the Washington Monument or because you were looking at the blue spots in front of your eyes because you only looked at the spotlight. But what does that feel like in our own lives? In our own lives, how does how does that spotlight feel when it's shining in you, when it's shining on you, and when it's shining through you? So say those things for me. So so don't don't say so. <laughs> in me, on me through me. Okay. God has three goals in your life through the Holy Spirit, and they're this. In me, he wants the in you to be clean and available. Clean and available. Okay. On me, he wants that clean and available visible. Through me, he wants that clean, available, visible to be useful. Sometimes we, we walk around and our flashlight, you know, our spotlight doesn't seem to be on. And sometimes it is. So in these first six minutes, I need you to talk. I need to talk to you about this. John 3, 6, 8, John 3, 6 through 8 is where I'm going to start. And I'm also going to read from 1 John today. But. That's the wrong one. Here we go. I'm having a problem. Jesus said, John 3, 5, 6, 7, and 8. You're not listening. Now he's talking to Nicodemus, who's a teacher of Israel, who's supposed to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how new life begins. 
You're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, that's a, that is a reminder of in the beginning, there was nothing and the spirit of God hovered over the earth and God spoke and separated the, the heavens and the earth and the waters and the land and the light and the day. Unless a person submits to this wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter the kingdom of God. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above or out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God and the Spirit of God. We need a teacher to understand this new way of life. We don't need new other humans who don't know anything about God's Spirit inside us teaching us how to do this stuff. We need the Spirit inside us. And sometimes that spotlight is on us and it is tight and there's something in your life that you, man, that spotlight is hard and fast on that issue. For me, I had to tell you recently, wow, that was fast. That's a whole six minutes. Okay, this is... I see you saw you thought every the five people that were going to do something were already asked. I need you to go up to the yellow sheets on, around the room. This is when the spotlight is on in you. I need you to look at that. There's three things. There's three little pull tabs. So this is the participation portion of the sermon. Go, get on up. Pull one of those tabs. When the Spirit is in you, what is it that you need most? Do you need to forgive yourself to be forgiven or, or to accept love from God? Pull one of those tabs off that for you. That's going to be your prayer for the week. Come on. I'm not, going, I'm not moving on until everybody gets up and moves. Everybody. It, now, if there's somebody that can't get up and move and they want one, then help them. Just the yellow this time. Did you get one? The three choices are to forgive myself, to be forgiven, or to accept love. Thank you, Ted. Okay. As you get back, what is it that you need to be forgiven for? For me, it's this issue. This is the one thing going on in our world right now that I feel keenly aware of that I was redeemed out of. I was rebellious. <laughs> oh, man. And if you think you see rebellion in me now, you ask Karen about it. Because I... Man, I can smell rebellion from 500 yards. But, but, so those of you who've got some, I gave you a piece of paper. Have you got something like rebellion in your life? Would you, would you just, without saying what it is, just 
crumple up that piece of paper for me and say, that's what's on this. I don't want that anymore. You don't have to tell me what it is. You don't have to say anything. Just crumple the piece of paper, and when you're done, hand it to me. No, no, no. This one. These are these ones. See, because you didn't tell me what it was, oh, that's not one of the ones I gave you. Oh, no, no, no. I want you to keep that one. Keep that one. I'm sorry. My bad. It won't be the last time I do something wrong. No, no, keep that one. Just the white one. Okay. Okay. So I have a lot of moving parts today, but what I want to say is this. Some of you have heard me say this, that, that, see, I have no idea what you crumpled up. Do I? I have no idea what that is. I told you what I would crumple up, which was rebellion. Years ago, I was a rebellious sort. I, there's the movie that I'm reminded of, and Travolta says this, what can you tell a guy with two black eyes? Nothing. He's already been told twice. <laughs> I was that guy. But if you don't see that in me, that is the power of the spotlight ministry of the Holy Spirit in me. And sometimes it feels like this, that, that I'm just doing this, and these things, they just go away. Do you understand? When the spotlight of God hits this stuff, It is gone, and we need to come to a spot where we accept forgiveness. We forgive ourselves and find that we're lovable. That's what the spotlight ministry of the Holy Spirit is about. But that light, sometimes it's on you like this, and you feel like it's in me and I cannot escape. He provides that escape. That's what the Holy Spirit's ministry in you is is about. Can you give me six minutes on that timer? I want the big six minutes. <laughs> well, that's the joke. Have you heard the joke about the pastor that takes his watch off and puts it in his pocket? What's that mean? Nothing. He wasn't going to pay any attention to it anyway. <laughs> The Holy Spirit in you, clean, the stuff that you could wad up. Did you take the moment when, when they handed me things to sort of say, I would wad this up? That's okay. That's perfect. The Holy Spirit in you is to get you clean, ready to be his house. Sometimes when we're doing that, though, so my life has lots of scars. I was, when, when I think of the, the, the spotlight on me, now, that's not the same as it's in my heart where the inner life of me is churning around going, I can't get away from this and I need to get be forgiven of this and, and not be rebellious and all this. But sometimes it's on me and people are watching. Like we're surrounded by this huge cloud of witnesses and these people are watching. I was working a youth retreat uh, two weeks ago and one of the young men said this. I get this all the time. Hey, Pastor Dave, do you have a tattoo? Do you have any tattoos? Look, I have enough scar tissue that they're going to be able to identify the body. I don't need any new marks. I got lots of marks. But every one of those scars is a wound from that spotlight in me that I was creating where I was wearing chains. And those chains came off because God said, you can be forgiven. Will you accept that forgiveness? 
Will you accept my love? And then I get scar tissue out of that. We live in the single most scar-denying culture in history. You can't have scars in our culture, can you? You've got to be young, young people. Just look at the movie actress. Look at the actresses and how often they last more than 10 years. Look, you can't, you've got to be perfect. I am not perfect. And the spotlight of God is on me. And, and I've got these scars. I've got this big scar here. And this, those scars are signs of healing in me. And God doesn't want them hidden. He doesn't want them hidden. He doesn't want them hidden. Romans 1.16. Are you ready for this pronouncement? I'm going to say something. There is no such thing as a Christian that's ashamed of the gospel or the cross. Why? Because they are the power of God and forgiveness in me. I'm not ashamed of the cross because it's the power of forgiveness that, that's happened in me. It's the power of healing in me. It's the blood of Jesus when he's exchanged himself for me. And as I go through this and I start to understand this in my life, he wants me visible to the world from a broken person to a healed person, from a rebellious I was going to say something, but I'm not going <laughs> to. So, 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 so. But I was, I was rebellious, and, and I don't think any of you, I mean, you see the edge of that in me, but the, you hear the echo of that in me, but you don't see it in me every moment, do you? I had a view of myself for years that was a bowl in a half-destroyed china shop the half I was in. And I hadn't destroyed the other half yet because I hadn't been there. But I'm told from other people that, that I trust now that they don't see that in me. They don't see me doing damage just by walking in or because I could. I am new and the spotlight is on me so that I cannot be hidden. Matthew 5. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. God didn't light you up and clean you on the inside so that you could go hide in a corner and not be seen. But how do we do that? How do we do that? How do you just be you? I had a meeting that I was terrified of yesterday. Isn't that correct? I would have rather sat in the other meeting that I was in. And I actually said that, didn't I, Ted? I would much rather stay here in this eight-hour board meeting than go have this one-hour meeting somewhere else. And sometimes board meetings are B-O-R-E-D and not B-O-A-R-D. The, the, the meeting yesterday was not a B-O-R-E-D meeting because we were doing stuff. But I decided on the way, okay, do you know what that means? <coughs> Green sheets. It's time to go get one of the one of the tear tabs from when the spotlight is on you. This is that when the spotlight is on you, one of them says grace to stand. The second one says to hear Jesus's voice, and the third one says wisdom to love. Grace to stand, to hear Jesus, wisdom to love. 
Hey, David, they're on the door, too, if you want one. Oh, you've got them all. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Does everybody have that? Wisdom, grace to stand. When you go into uncomfortable places, do you avoid those places because you don't want to be there? But you, but you know God has taken you to a spot where you don't really want to stand? Can you hear him say, thank you for standing for me, that my spotlight is on you? Can you have the grace to stand in that spot? The wisdom so that's to hear Jesus' voice in the uncomfortable place, the wisdom to stand and the grace to love in that spot. The grace, the, the wisdom to love. I was reading upside down, and you can forgive me for that if I was doing that wrong. The wisdom to love. When you're in that uncomfortable spot, so this is what I did with that meeting. I need, I need the big six minutes on that timer again. The big six minutes, not the small six minutes, but the big six minutes. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> I went to this meeting, and I and some of you know this, and, and I will trust you to not tell who I was meeting with or anything, but I've been working with this guy to trust him into trustworthiness for about four years. If you've got somebody in your life that you have to trust them into trustworthiness, they're not trustworthy, but you're hoping they will be someday. A few of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got one particular, and I've been work I've been trying, and I was trying and he was he he has the ability to corner me and make me come. I have no right to say no. And so I went. And on the way, I decided that I would not self-betray and just hide and nuts and just say what he wanted to say. I was going to be me the way God called me to be. And the spotlight was on me. You ever been in that spot? And by self-betray, I mean when the Spirit nudges you to do something and you say, no, not right at this moment. And suddenly in the midst of that self-betrayal, you start saying, it's okay that I didn't do that because, and you start self-justifying. The other person needs to do that because, and you start blaming. I decided to not self-betray and just tell him who I was, and he was asking my opinion, and we met for 50 minutes at the end of it. Now, I don't know what that means yet. It's too early. On the other hand, I have no doubt that I can be me in that spot, and I won't have to remember anything about it specifically and remember what I said to him because it's, it was legitimately me and trustworthy to be me and, and true to me. And so if he asks me again, something like what I said will come back out. It's not like lying to somebody. When you lie to somebody, you have to remember the lie and who you said it to. But if you're you and you're authentically you, you get the grace to stand. But how, do, how, 
what does it mean then when you've got the grace to stand and you've been cleaned up and you've been, and God's always working? These, by the way, these are not step one, step two. These all happen all together. It's all, it's more like stew than a smorgasbord. Because God's working on you and He's always working on you, but He's always wanting you visible in that process as you're being healed so that you can be this way. And I'm going to read something from Galatians 5. Through me, God wants me visible. Through me, he wants to work through me. The love that he gives me is for me, and I need you to hear that. When, when he pours his love out on you, it is for you. It is for you. It's also for you to share on, to other people. So he's not just loving you because he, he, he thinks, well, they're going to share it and they don't need to feel it. No, you need to feel it. It's for you. It's also for you to share. Where am I? I need Galatians 5. But I say this. This is verse 16. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the law of the flesh are evident. And I'm going to read this. This is something Paul does every so often. This is a sin list. And I want you to not get stuck on the first two or three of them. And go, well, of course, those are sins. No. Here it is. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Sorcery, by the way, is is not witchcraft in the Bible. Sorcery's root word is pharmakia. Do you know what word we get from pharmakia? Pharmaceuticals changing your world with drugs. What was I? Pharmacia. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. I warn you as I warned you before that those things, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Look, we focus on sexual immorality and idolatry and we put the spotlight there, but God, God, you know, he uses three words on sexuality there, one on idolatry, one on false words, and eight on how you're to be interpersonally. Let me read the interpersonal ones again. Because they're hard. <laughs> Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, envy. You know, don't get hung up on, well, they're sexually immoral. Yeah. And we're having a fight. But he wants to work through you. And, and what he does through you when that happens is this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things, there is no law. You know what that means? It's time to get up. And pull, pull a tab off the pink marker. And the choices are grace to give. When the sp- spotlight is, is working through you, may you have the grace to give. The Spirit to answer Jesus when He calls. 
and and the ability to work with him. It just says to work with the answer to answer Jesus when he calls and the grace to give. Grace to give, answer when he calls, to work with. The bricks in the wall that you were making for your barricade to keep you safe from the world, Jesus takes those bricks apart and he builds bridges into other people's lives with those bricks. And so these things that we have, this rebellion that's in my spirit that just comes so natural to me, man, does it come natural to be divisive and and rebellious and all this stuff. The bricks that I build that wall around myself so that I can self-justify and do all that, he takes those things apart and he says to me and to you, those bricks that you were building the barricade with, when you dig a moat and build a barricade around your life, I'm going to take those apart and I'm going to build a bridge out of that material. So my meeting the other day is is about a rebellious spirit that's going on around us. And I held him and me accountable to the works of the Spirit. None of us want to be in the spots we're in I asked him, I said, can you, can you literally tell me this is what you were after? That, can we just groan for a second? Is, are any of you in spots where you didn't think that was what you were after? You make this sound for me. You go, bleh, bleh. Come on. Bleh. By the way, that I'm it's completely scriptural from the deepest groanings of ourselves where we don't even have an answer, that God's Spirit groans with us in these spots. But it's not that He says you had to be in this spot. It's while you're in this spot, I want to work through you with love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And my spotlight is on you and the world needs to see you bear up that way and be my witnesses. No such thing as a Christian that's ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ or the cross. It is the power of life and forgiveness in us. It's the power of life and forgiveness. And his spotlight ministry, the Holy Spirit spotlighting inside of us, on us, and through us, shows that every day. Lord Jesus, I hope that your batteries are well charged for all the spotlights and that we could bear up under the pressure of having it in us, on us, and through us all at the same time. Make us a city on the hill, a light that is held up and not hidden. You've already done that here in this church, and I thank you so much for it. In your precious name. Amen.